0: Welcome this morning. Good to have everyone. Happy New Year, 2023. Um, if you would, those on the inside aisles, there's our Books of Friendship. If you would grab those and maybe uh, just put your name down and send it down the row. And, and, uh, note twos there in the row with you so you can meet them if you haven't already. Um, you'll notice I'm not going to read all There's a There's uh, well, announcements announcement here in the bulletin that you'll see. Uh, a lot of good things going on here as we're go, going forward into the new year. Pray for Jeff and Evie as they're still on the road and uh, we're so glad to have Mike Palumbo here with us uh, this morning, be preaching for us. We have actually uh, made a call to Mike and praying for a good examination in the Presbytery and hopefully he'll come and join us. But Mike is from Alpharetta, Georgia, Uh, received his BS in uh, communications from Georgia Southern University Statesboro in 2009, also went to uh, Covenant Theological uh, Divinity School out in uh, St. Louis. Um, in two thousand and sixteen, after graduating college, he joined a ministry some of you are familiar with the campus outreach ministry that we support um, down at George College uh, from there in two thousand and sixteen went to Rivermont EPC I believe where you are now, Mike right in Lynchburg Virginia and uh, Whitney and Ellie are here i, I don 't have they, they might not have gotten situated yet they 're here his wife and and little girl she's she 's very shy she does warm up doesn't she okay, up okay good, good. Sure I like to how wonderful look on it but just kind of who are you and what are you doing a few things mike uh, loves discipleship when he's not reading and thinking about the shop he enjoys eating his wife's cooking i believe that whitney is a is a chef so we might have to uh, partake of her gifts uh, going forward loves playing the bass and camping out in god's glorious creation Um, we've got so many things to be grateful for 2022 is a, a good year, a challenging year in a lot of ways. We look forward, to s- always a new year, um, many things that we can uh, look forward to. God's faithfulness, his mercies are new every morning, and um, so let's this morning kind of focus our attention on him. Uh, Lindsay's with us this morning. Thank you, Lindsay, for serving, and she's going to uh, uh, play our prelude, and then we'll have our call to worship.
1: True delight to be here with you in person. For those in the live stream, it's a joy to be here and worship. Uh, this is a new year. This is an odd year. Uh, this is one of those years where we celebrate Christmas on Sunday and New Year's on Sunday. Uh, so it's a great way to come together. It's great to come together on Christmas Day to worship. It's great to start the year together and worship here with you all. This is my first time here with you all. Whitney and Ellie and I are very excited to uh, be here, grateful to, to stay here, uh, be praying for us. We're excited about the examination process to go smoothly and to be here soon. Uh, but I will say this uh, that one of the great joys of being here is I feel like I've been here for maybe over 10 years. Uh, some of you might know this, but I've known Jeff uh, Birch for a good while, over 10 years. And uh, in some ways, this is kind of a homecoming, coming back to a pastor, friend of mine, coming back to a community. Uh, that we're uh, looking forward to love, and, uh, and also coming back to where our marriage began in Milledgeville, Georgia. so we, we got uh, married uh, back in uh, 2013, and a joy to come back uh, to this area of Georgia. so' I'm so glad to be here. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 96, and I'll tell you this, it's really good news that this new year God's mercy is new, not only every morning but every year, that He invites us to worship. He calls us himself and brings us into his presence to worship the living God. So hear this call to worship from Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. For his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do praise you. We worship you as the God of all creation. We praise you as the one who is worthy of all the praise of all the peoples of all the world. We praise you as the one true God who is worthy to receive glory and honor and praise. We pray, O Holy Spirit, that you would open our lips to declare your praise. That you would stir within our affections the wonder and awe of your great glory and grace. We pray that you would help us to see the Father upholding all things by this powerful word that you see the Son sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf, that you'd help us to delight in you, O Holy Spirit. We welcome you into this place. We welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you into this worship. Be honored and glorified through it. Through Jesus, our Savior, amen. Well, will the congregation please now stand as we worship the Lord, praising our King, singing praise to the Lord, the Almighty. exacting king? Is he a domineering king? Is he a king that will only hold us to this far? Is he a king that forgives this much, this much? How far does his forgiveness go? And how often will he forgive? Well, we just sang this phrase in this song, surely his goodness and mercy here daily attend thee. Do you know that God in his mercy will freely and joyfully forgive you because of Jesus Christ? is life, death, and resurrection. And in this worship service, every Sunday we confess our sins because God is a merciful God who delights in showing steadfast love and mercy, kindness, and compassion to us. And so we will confess our sins. We'll begin uh, by a personal confession of sin. But let me first read this a confession. This is from 1 Peter 5, 5-7. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the almighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Now, it's interesting, in this need of confession, that we find out that Christians are not those that are more moral than others. They're not those that have it more together than others. They're not those that have learned to manage sin more than others. You know what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? It's those who are humble and those who are prideful. Those who humbly come before a God of great mercy and say, I screwed it all up. I messed up the whole year. 2022 was filled with sin and misery. And we go before the God of mercy in true humility. And when we go low... God lifts us up in his grace and gives us his profound forgiveness through Jesus, our Savior. So let's take a moment now to prepare our hearts to confess personal and private sin. We'll do so silently, and then I'll uh, lead us in a corporate confession of sin. Let's go before the Lord of mercy and confess our sins. In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayer. Let's now join in this corporate confession of sin. We can say this in unison. Almighty God of wisdom, power, and love, you open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing, but we confess we have not sought your hand and have closed our hearts to your providence. We have sought satisfaction and the creature over the creator. Forgive us for boasting too much in our own wisdom, our own might, and our own riches. This new year, grant us a renewed vision of your love, a renewed mission for your kingdom, and a renewed passion to serve you and our neighbors. We boast in you as our God, who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. Through Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, beloved, it is my joy to share the good news of the gospel, to remind you of the profound goodness of God's grace and mercy, which forgives us all of our sin and gives us true assurance of pardon. I hear this assurance of pardon from Romans 5, verse 1 through 2. He says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And beloved, because Jesus bore the full judgment for all of our sin and has given us his perfect record of righteousness, we can have access to this God of grace. Every day, every second of every day, we can know that we are fully forgiven through Jesus' faithful work on the cross and resurrection. And this stirs us up. It stirs us up with joy to praise the God of great glory and great hope. So let us now stand and sing about this hope, singing, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. full assurance of God's forgiveness through Jesus, we now have access. We have access to God and his throne of grace. We have access to him and the heavenly heavenlies. We have access to pray to this God and to seek his face. We'll do that now in the worship service. We'll begin by saying the Lord's Prayer together, and then I'll lead us in a pastoral prayer. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and most heavenly Father, we do thank you so much uh, for the profound goodness of your grace. That grace which has given us access to your very throne. That grace which has opened wide the kingdom of God. That grace that opens your ear to be attentive to the cries of your people. And we do cry out to you, O Lord. We cry out to you this new year knowing that we need and long for you, our Father. We cry out to you knowing that you are right now standing in heaven, secure, strong, leading, guiding, and overruling all things in this world. We praise you as we go into this new year because we know that you uphold all things by the word of your power. So no hardship, no difficulties, no sin, no struggle, no strife in relationships, nothing will have the final victory. But you have accomplished all this victory through Jesus, our Savior. We place our hope in him and we are grateful, O Lord, that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood, his blood shed for sinful people like us Then Jesus' righteousness fully clothing us and covering us of all of our sin. We pray that this new year you would give us new eyes to see your glory, that we would be moved and compelled by your steadfast love, that we no longer live for ourselves, but for you who died for us and was risen again. Lord, we pray that this hope, this sure hope, this steadfast hope, like an anchor to the soul, would anchor all those in this time that are suffering. Lord, we know the list is long. There are many people in this congregation and there are many in this community. There are many people that we have not yet contacted that are right now suffering greatly that won't even walk into this church because they do not have the ability to do so. They do not have the ability and they don't feel like they can because of the weight of the burdens and the reality of their sin. Oh Lord, we pray that your mercy would cover all of these people, that you would provide and care for, heal and help that you'd use all the medical professions at St. Mary's and other places throughout the city to extend your care, your love to these people. And Father, we pray that you would help us as we continue to live on mission in the city. We pray, O God, knowing that your kingdom will come to this earth in full and final power when Jesus returns. Yet right now we say, Lord, bring your kingdom at least in a foretaste as we seek to live on mission here in Lake Oconee area. We pray, O Lord, that this mission, this gospel go wide and far throughout Eatonton and throughout uh, all over this Eatonton area, over the Lake Oconee area. We pray, O God, that your gospel would go wide over Greensboro and all throughout central Georgia, even to the end of the earth. Equip us, teach us, O Lord, how to live on mission with you to share the gospel, to serve this community. Lord, as we as a church seek to uh, reach out to those Spanish-speaking individuals in the church, we pray, oh, Lord, that you would bless the ministry of the ESL classes. We pray that you would bring in many Hispanic people into this congregation, that they would hear the good news of the God who blesses through Jesus our Savior. We pray that you would bring this gospel in clarity to the hearts of those that join these classes, that you would bring volunteers to welcome these people. And, Lord, that we would see a foretaste of your coming kingdom and the diversity and the beauty and the glory of it every tribe, tongue, and people and nation clothed in one Savior. Oh, Father, we pray, we pray for all those here who are looking forward to this year, wondering, Lord, will this be any different? Will this be any different than last year? The hardships, the struggle, the difficulties. We pray that your spirit would bring new, new experiences of your wondrous grace. And you would continue that good work you began in us through Jesus, our Savior. Help us as we do this, as we move forward with your help, through Jesus our Savior, amen. Well, this is a time in our service where we give back to the Lord. Uh, all of that he's given to us, we worship him through our tithes and offerings. So prepare your hearts now to give to the Lord for all of his grace. <clears throat>
2: I asked the Lord to comfort me When things weren't going my way He said to me, I will comfort you And lift your care away
3: Asked the Lord to walk
2: with me when darkness was all that I knew. He said to me, Never be afraid, for I will see you through. I didn't ask for riches. He gave me wealth
3: untold. The moon, the stars, the sun, the sky. He gave me
0: eyes to
3: be. I count my
2: blessings each day. He came to me when I needed him. I only had to pray. And he'll come to you. If you ask him to,
3: he's only a. Up-
1: It is a joy to be here and to open the Word of God with you. Uh, if you would like, you can open to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 13 through 18 this morning. And uh, as we do this, I want to point out a few things before we get started. I wonder, uh, I wonder how you're starting this new year. I wonder, do any of you have New Year's resolutions? Has anyone come in this morning with a list of big plans for the new year, things that you're hoping uh, to accomplish things you're hoping to do. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you've, you've brought it here. Maybe you haven't done this yet. Maybe that's your tradition. Maybe you come to church first. Hey, let's hear what the preacher has to say, and we'll make some adjustments accordingly. Uh, that could be a good option. But what will you do in 2023? What will you do? Where will you go? What will it cost you? Have you thought about this? Are you going to do anything that would be measured By eternal significance? Or have we settled for simply temporary things, temporary occasions, temporary circumstances? You know, sadly, many of us as Christians can make resolutions no different than anyone else around us. We can simply make goals about increasing our profit. We can make goals about uh, meeting possibly new people, but with no intention to cross the line to spiritual conversations Uh, We can do all these things and ultimately at the end of the day just build self-made resolutions that simply only build our small little kingdom of self. We can settle into the habits of our culture rather than get direction by God's word. And so my hope this morning is that we'll open up the word of God and get some clear direction about what God might do in and through you in the new year and that you would have some encouragement. Uh, some motivation, some, uh, some compelling force by the word of God and the presence of his spirit to go out into this world and achieve eternal things uh, for his glory. At the end of 2000, this is about this time, maybe December 31st into the new year, uh, going into 2001, I had a couple of friends that dreamt of something eternally significant God might do. Around this time, I was in eighth grade. I was in the throes of middle school. I was trying to figure out who I was and what I was to do. I was cutting up in class, um, maybe getting kicked out of class a few times because of my cut-up nature. But during this time, a few of my friends, they made a resolution. They were resolved to see God's kingdom advance in the life of someone named Mike Palumbo. And they invited me to an outreach at Perimeter Church. Now, maybe some of you are from Primitive Church in Alpharetta, maybe you've been there before, but this is the place where the Lord captured my heart with the wonder and glory of the gospel. And through the invitation of a few friends who decided to pursue something eternally significant in 2001, I'm here today because they shared the gospel with me. They invited me to a church to hear a message preached. Honestly, I kind of went for the Dippin' Dots I kind of went for the sumo wrestler suits. I kind of went because my friends were going to be there. But the Lord was doing something new in me. And maybe this year, as you go into a new year, maybe, just maybe, you dream about what God might do in and through your life. What risk he might be calling you to take. What will be your hope and your confidence going into 2023? Well, I want to say this as we open up the text in 2 Corinthians 10. The most important thing you can do today is to brag. What? The most important thing you can do right now, right now, today, on, on January 1st, 2023, is to boast loudly about 2023. Now, what I don't mean by that is boast in yourself and your plans and your abilities, but I f- firmly believe this that if we are gonna see a great and profound change in 2023, We need to begin this year boasting in the Lord and build for his kingdom. And that's what we'll hear here in the text of Corinthians. Now, just a little bit of backdrop. I know you guys have heard from Corinthians uh, here recently from uh, Pastor Jeff Birch. But we'll note that throughout this book, we see there are a number of challenges that Paul faces, right? There's various challenges at the home and uh, the family. We also see various challenges when it comes to rival factions, there are those that were more of the Paul people. They liked Paul. They associated with Paul. There were those of the Apollos people. They liked Apollos leadership, and they followed him. You know, There are those that like Jeff Birch's leadership, and those that like Travis Gillenstead, and, and Mike Palumbo, and other people. And, and there are factions that were created in Corinth, and there was a lot of infighting based on these factions. Uh, we also see in this culture that it was a high-achievement culture. You may not know this, but Corinth was completely devastated and burned down a number of years before this letter was written uh, by Paul. And this was a rebuild nation. They rebuilt their wealth. They rebuilt their economy. And it was a booming economy in a seaport area. And a lot of people made it big. And commendation in this culture was huge, There was a lot of bragging and boasting. There was a lot of showboating. And there was a lot of people that thought they were someone because they've done something. And we see in Paul's letter even that the church was criticizing Paul. They said, you are strong in your letters, but you're weak in person. You speak strongly in your words and letter, but when you come to speak, your speech is of no account. And they even critiqued Paul's leadership to his face. You see, we need to learn From God in this letter, because we too are a part of a high-achieving culture that makes too much and thinks too much of ourselves. We need to learn how to boast rightly, not in ourselves, but in the Lord, and that this would bolster confidence for the new year. So here the reading of God's Word in 2nd Corinthians 10, verse 13 through 18. But we will not boast beyond limits. We will boast only with regard to the area of influence God has assigned to us, to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So that, and listen to this, we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. This is God's word for us his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that you, our God, are with us and for us, and that you, O Lord, are going to do a great and mighty work this new year. We pray that your spirit would open our eyes, behold the wondrous things in your word, that we would see and savor Jesus Christ in it, that we'd be directed by it to pursue your kingdom mission in your world this day. Through Jesus our Savior. Amen. Well, you may have heard this phrase uttered on ESPN or some other place. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. Have you heard that? This is the motto of Muhammad Ali. This man could float like a butterfly. And sting like a bee. All right, there we go. He probably had the quickest punch and easily the loudest mouth in the boxing ring. Muhammad Ali was known as not only a strong fighter, but he had some real bad trash talk when he fought. Boxing in this time was in many ways a test of manhood. The heavyweight champion of the world was considered the toughest man on the land. And Ali sought to be the greatest and toughest of them all. And he also boasted with humor. Have you heard any of these uh, lines from uh, Muhammad Ali? In one interview, he said this, I have wrestled with an alligator. I've done tussled with a whale. I've done handcuffed lightning and thrown thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. And we hear this, and we think, well, that's a little bit excessive, Right? I mean, you know, isn't that a little too far-reaching? Aren't you saying a little too much about yourself, Muhammad Ali? Well, we have to remember Muhammad Ali, right? How many of you know his record? He was a gold medalist at the Olympics, three times heavyweight champion, which means three times declared the toughest of them all. What else do we know about this man? Well, Ali was named the fighter of the year five times by Ring magazine, sportsman of the century by Sports Illustrated. Anyone been considered someone of the century here, right? Uh, he was sporting personality of the century by the BBC. This man was bigger than life. And you know what he said? He said, it ain't bragging if I can back it up. Have you ever heard that? Has anyone ever said that before to you? Well, I'm not really bragging. I'm just telling the truth about myself. I mean, I don't want to lie about myself. And what he says is it ain't bragging if I can back it up. And so I want us to go into this new year boasting in the Lord. Why? Because The Lord is the only greatest of all time. The Lord is the one who in our call to worship says, declare his glory among all the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Why? For great is the Lord. And he is greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Every other god is a worthless idol. It has no substance. It has just brag and no bite. But the Lord has splendor and majesty. So what are we called to do in the call to worship? Ascribe glory to him. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength and brag in his name. You see, we boast in the Lord because he backs it up. Because God fulfills every single one of the promises that he has stated. Because God is the only one who is not just filled with power, but is omnipotent. Has all the power in the whole wide world. God not only loves, but he's filled with steadfast love that never fails. He finishes what he starts, and he works powerfully even in weak people. So as we go into 2023, we boast in the Lord, and we build for his kingdom. So let us see, in Paul's letter, what we are to boast about and how we are to build. So look at 2 Corinthians 10. Specifically, I'm going to first look at verse 14 through 15. Here we see that Paul is boasting in the Lord about the impact that God has had on the Corinthians' life. But what did Paul do in Corinth? Look at the text. Look at verse 14. He says, we are not overextending ourselves. We're not going too far. We're not measuring beyond. We're not bragging too far. As though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. Now, we could miss the significance of that statement if we don't really listen to that. There was no witness or understanding of anything about Jesus in Corinth at all until Paul came with the gospel of Christ to these people. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. Other people did great things. We're not boasting about that. The Lord used them and did powerful things. But our hope is this, that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So the first thing I want us to look at is we want to boast in the Lord. In the Lord's work of discipleship. But what is discipleship? Isn't this that fancy word for really mature and growing Christians? Is anyone here a disciple? Well, let's take an exam, and uh, after this, we'll see if you make the cut. Is that what a disciple is? No, a disciple is one who has entered into relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have bowed the knee to Jesus and have come to him in humble, crying out for his mercy, then you are a disciple. And the work of discipleship begins with introducing people to the faith. And that's what we see here with Paul. He was the first one to introduce the Corinthians to the faith, to Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection. We see in uh, Acts chapter 18 that Paul partnered in ministry with Aquila and Priscilla. He was a tent maker. He built some tents and did ministry on the side. Which, that means that many of you tent makers, those that are working in the marketplace, uh, those that are working uh, beyond work, that are retired and doing your next phase of work, God can use you and your tent making to bring the gospel to those people. God promised to Paul that he would be with them and that God had an elect people waiting to hear the message of the gospel. And so Paul went forward with confidence. He knew that God had a people in Corinth who would respond to Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And so he introduced them to the faith. But how do we do this? How do we introduce people to the faith? Well, just a simple question. How do you introduce anyone to anyone, right? It starts with you know someone that you've got to get others to meet. You enter into a relationship with someone and you're so enamored with them, you love spending time with them, that you just can't wait to introduce them to other people. Your joy is wrapped up in other people having great joy to meet your friend. So how do we introduce people to Jesus? By communing with Jesus, by enjoying Jesus, by delighting in his goodness and grace, and then simply sharing and connecting Christ to the people before you. And often there are ways in which we do this. Sometimes we kind of share common interests. Oh, you're going to love this guy. He's the, he's the best fisherman out there. This guy caught a, a, a 40-pound bass, right? And, and just down, the, he knows the secret spots. You're going to love spending time with this guy. Or maybe you say something on the lines of, well, you're going to love this guy. He is, he is by far the best chef that this place has ever seen. Or, you know, you might introduce my wife and say, you're going to love Winnie because she cooks some delicious meals. And if you love to cook, you'll love to cook with her. Right? We often connect people that we're introducing to the interests of others. And we see that in, the, uh, in 1 Corinthians. When Paul is connecting people to Christ and introducing them to the faith, he is often connecting Jesus to their longings, their desires, and their interests. If you look at 1 Corinthians one twenty two we see this. He says, "...for the Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are being called both Jews and Greeks. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God." You see, if we're going to introduce people to Jesus, we need to tell them about his work, his life, death, and resurrection, and we need to connect that to their interests, their desires, and say, hey, Jesus is the better joy. Jesus is the better security. Jesus in him is found the true wondrous grace that you're looking for in this world. So we need to connect them to Christ. And it's interesting how Paul did this. To the Jews who demanded signs, he said, no, Jesus is the power of God. He is the one who upholds all things by his great power. To the Greeks who constantly wrestled through uh, all sorts of wisdom and wise sayings and debates, Jesus is the one who makes sense of the world around us. And if we will introduce people to the faith, we must preach Christ, his life, death, and resurrection as the answer to their deepest longings, desires, and the very framework that makes sense of the world. I love what C.S. Lewis has said. He said, why do I believe in God? Why do I believe in Jesus? Not because I see him in all sight and clarity, but because just like the sun, by him I see all things. And so we connect Christ to their desires, their longings to see that he is the fulfillment of that. But we also, when we introduce Jesus to people, we need to introduce them to the effect of Christ. What effect does this relationship have in your standing before God? We see in 1 Corinthians 6 that Paul says that there are many people who did many sinful things. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, swindlers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But what does Jesus do? Jesus washed you. Jesus sanctified you. Jesus justified you even because of your gross sin. You have been justified through Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to introduce people to Jesus who not only befriends them, but fully forgives them, who changes them inside and out, who gives them not just a fresh start, but a new life. And so we must introduce people to Jesus. But Paul did not just introduce them to the faith, he also taught them for a year and six months. I mean, that's a pretty long stint that Paul was here in Corinth. We don't see him there in places very long, not this long by any means. But this tells us that we don't need to just see people come into the kingdom, but we need to learn how to walk with new Christians and establish them in the faith and encourage them in Christ. It's been said by Robert Coleman in this uh, book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, that the only hope for the world is for laborers to go to them with the gospel of salvation and having won them, listen to this, having won them to the Savior, not only to leave them, but to work with them. And here's what it is. What type of work is this? Faithfully, patiently, and folks sometimes painstakingly Until they become fruitful Christians, savoring the world about them with the Redeemer's love. As you go into this new year, who can you introduce to the faith? But folks, we do not need to just share the gospel and get people into the kingdom, but we need to learn how to walk with them, how to shepherd them, how to care for them. And our hope, folks, as we go into 2023, we'll have a lot of babies coming through this door. And I'm not just talking about babies. I've met some babies this morning. I've got a toddler here. We hope to see more toddlers come through this door, but we hope to see more 60 year old babies, 70 year old babies, 80 year old babies. Maybe there is someone who's going to come to faith in Christ this next year who is going to be 88 and they're on their last breath, but guess what? They have entered into the kingdom of God. But folks, the question is going to be as we as a church, are we going to walk with these new Christians? Are we going to shepherd them and care for them? Are we going to establish them in the faith? Because even the evangelist himself, Billy Graham, saw that we can't just reach people with the gospel. We need to follow up. And so even in his crusades, as he saw thousands of people coming to faith in Christ, he reached out to his right-hand man, Dawson Trotman, and said, hey, I need some help, buddy, because we got a bunch of people coming in that don't know what to do next. And so he brought and enlisted other people to help. We need to become fathers and mothers to those that will come to the faith. But we also need to do this. As Paul says, what are we doing with these new Christians? We're increasing their faith. Isn't that interesting? If you look at the text, he doesn't say that with these new Christians, we boast in the Lord that you increase in faithfulness. No. What does he say? Our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence will greatly increase. Now, this doesn't mean that faithfulness doesn't matter, but it's really interesting, isn't it? That Paul's boast is their increase in faith. And here's the reality. As we walk with new Christians and we increase their faith with God's help, their faithfulness will increase. When we seek to increase faithfulness without faith, we may be build faithless, moralistic, religious showboats filled with pride and no true humility. You see, we measure fruitfulness not by simply knowing what to do but by learning how to trust the Lord. With trusting God's faithful work, Paul calls this the obedience of faith. Increasing faith increases faithfulness. Now think about this. As someone's struggling with sin, what do they need? They need to increase their faith in the mercy of God and the grace of God, the mercy that will forgive, the grace that will help. If you want to learn how to love someone, maybe a neighbor across the street, a spouse across the bed, then you need to increase your faith in the God that loves you who knows the worst thing about you and loves you the same. If we are going to grow in faithfulness and outreach as a church, then we need to increase our faith and the love of God for this lost world and the power of God to use us even despite our weaknesses. Anyone struggle with that? You look at this text, you think about introducing people to the faith, you're like, I don't even want to cross that line. But God is able to do this great work. So in application to this point, we must learn how to share the gospel generally. We need to learn how to share Christ and his finished work. We need to learn how to connect Christ to the desires and the interests of the people that we serve. We must learn how to share the gospel also personally, connecting Him to their longings. And as we disciple people, folks, we need to know what we're going to do next. And uh, as a pastor in this church in the future, my desire is to not only equip you in evangelism, but to help you learn how to establish new Christians in the faith. So we see this boasting in God's work of discipleship. Now, these other two points are going to be shorter because that's the main thrust here I want to challenge us to, as we go in this new year, to move forward in the work of discipleship to reach out to this community. But the next thing we see here is that we want to boast in God's uh, work of expansion. Now, if you look at uh, verses 13 and 16, we see he says "You will not boast. We're not going to boast beyond limits but we will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us, even to you. And so the first thing that we need to do is we need to reach those right before us, right? And this is really encouraging. What this means is you don't have to do anything new or additional. You don't have to add any more time to your busy schedules. You simply need to see your life differently. You need to see what is the Jerusalem that God has called you to. Because Acts 1.8 says we'll receive power. When the Spirit comes upon us, and we will be God's witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And so what's right before you right now? Where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you play? You see, Paul says that I reached even to you, the Corinthians. And Paul spent, again, over a year spending time sharing life, building tents, having meals, playing sports, you know, Uh, He would have been probably playing pickleball with folks right now uh, if he were here with us today. We do not need to travel to a new place or go across the seas. Many of us need to just get to know a neighbor and see the people right before us. We need to be thinking like missionaries in our own context where we live, work, and play. And listen to the people that we serve. Listen to them. You don't have to go awkwardly point Jesus out the first conversation and say, Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Don't do that. You don't have to do that. Get to know them. Get to know their loves, their interests, their longings. Hear their groanings, their hardships, their fears. And walk with them in life, knowing that the Lord will give you opportunities to share Christ with them. But we don't need to just simply boast in God's expansion of the people just right before us. But did you see that in the text? What's so neat about this text is we see that Paul not only reached the Corinthians, but as their faith increases, what does the text say? He says that the area of influence will increase. And so here's the picture, right? So Paul has his own area of influence. Each of us have our own little circle. And when we go out of that circle and we go to another person, they have another web of people they're connected with. And when we go to another person, they have this other web of people that they're connected with. And when we introduce people to the faith and when we equip new Christians in the faith, then we're actually able to preach the gospel and lands beyond us. Now, when Paul says that, lands beyond, he's not talking metaphorically. He's speaking actually. He's actually saying that, Corinthians, when you grow in your faith and you go on mission, God is going to reach other unreached nations with the good news of the gospel. The assumption here is not that Paul is going further, not that Paul is going to go to this nation or this land, but the new babe in Christ who is being built up in the faith and equipped in ministry, they will then go out and bring the good news of Christ to another unreached people group. And so who are the unreached people in your neighborhood? Who are the unreached people in Eatonton, in Greensboro, in Lake Oconee, in Madison? Who are the unreached people throughout this area? God wants to increase your faith and then mobilize you to reach them. For all of our youth here, who are the unreached people in your hallway, in your classrooms? Do you realize that God wants to use you in your youth to bring the good news of Christ to your friends. You see, we need to make a priority to reach our nation, but we also need to see that God has a global mission to reach all nations and all peoples around the world. This really was uh, impressed on me when we went to South Africa on a mission trip to the CCP, which is a cross-cultural project. In South Africa, it's an interesting context in Africa because it's one of the educational hubs of the uh, the whole continent. And so many people from different nations, uh, different countries of, of Africa and the surrounding areas will send their brightest and their best, their tribal leaders, to South Africa, and they'll go back to their homeland. This is the first time I actually stumbled upon this text. As we went there for about three months encouraging ministry among college students, I told these students that we were working with, I said, listen, we're going to South Africa for a mission to see God not only reach South Africa, but then beyond South Africa to reach all of Africa as we share the gospel with these people. And so where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you play? Do you realize that some of you live in context that none of us will be able to access ourselves? And so God has planted you in your neighborhood, in your place to be an outpost for the gospel there. Be engaged, be working for God's kingdom, sharing Christ in that place. Where do you work? Your workplace is a ripe avenue where you can be having gospel conversations with people. Where do you play? Is it racquetball? Is it pickleball? Do you enjoy Frisbee? Do you enjoy other things? There's so many connecting points where we can meet people in this community uh, to share Christ with them. And so let's do that. Let's go out into this world with the hope of the gospel. And let's build a vision for what God will do here locally, but also what God will do globally. And to do that, I want to encourage you to check out the Joshua Project. You can find all of the stats about the world and the gospel movement across unreached people groups. And you can find an unreached people group to pray for every day. They'll send you an email to expand your heart for the world and the gospel going not only to America, but to lands beyond us. The last thing I want to drive home quickly is that if we are going to go into this new year bolstered and ready to pursue God's kingdom mission, then we need to boast in God's approval. Look at verse 17. It says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And so we see here two different types of people that approach two different things with approval. There are those who commend themselves and those whom the Lord commends. Here we see, he says, let the one who boasts do what? Boast in the Lord. And we see that Paul is quoting from Jeremiah 9.24. And this demonstrates two approaches to life. He says we can boast in ourselves and our work or we can boast in the Lord and his work. And, and maybe you heard me just say all this stuff about introducing people to the faith and about uh, you know, increasing their faith and about reaching those right before you and those way beyond you. And you're like, who in the world is gonna do that? Not me. You know, Maybe get, get Travis to do it. Uh, he's, our, he's our new youth director. Get Ellen to do that among our children. You know, she's our new children's director. Get the pastor to do the work then we can just continue to do what we were doing. Maybe you feel discouraged, like you can't do this. Well, I will say this. If you live for man's approval and you look in the mirror and you say, can I do this? Do I have it? You're going to often be discouraged. Or you're going to become prideful and competitive. You see, this Jeremiah verse says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Jeremiah says, nor the strong man boast of his might, nor the rich man boast of his riches these three demonstrate the building blocks of self-confidence. And what Paul is not doing is saying, find confidence in yourself, bolster your own strength, go into 2023 and go do it. He's not saying that. He's saying you need the Lord himself. You see, we can easily boast in our wisdom, our ability to discern the best thing for it. We can boast in our ability to figure out the right words to say to the right person. And this is getting to our tendency to focus on ourselves ourselves and our ability to know the way forward. We can easily boast in our physical abilities and our own strength. We can look at our makeup, our physical strength, and abilities. We can say, we have certain abilities in this life. We can do whatever we want to. We can build our confidence on our physical abilities. And both our wisdom and our physical abilities often accomplish great financial prosperity. And folks, we can go through our whole life and just build our life on our own self and our own kingdom, but we will die one day with nothing. And we will spend eternity apart from God. But the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to himself, not to a life like Nebuchadnezzar, who simply built the whole world by his might and his power, he stood over his kingdom and said, look at my great kingdom, my royal residence for the glory of my majesty. And if we go into 2023 with this type of self-conceited pride, then it will only leave us wanting discouraged, beat up, and ultimately poor. Because everything we build for ourselves will just simply go to the grave and not carry on to eternity. But we see here that Paul is calling us to a different way. He is calling us to not classify or compare ourselves upon anything else, but to find ourselves in Jesus Christ and his perfect approval. Look at the verse, what it says in 17. Paul says the final reason why we should boast in the Lord ...is that the one who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Why? For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved... ...but the one whom the Lord commends. Beloved, the Lord Jesus has commended you if you are in Christ. If you are in Christ, the Lord Jesus has lived and died and risen for you. The Lord Jesus has shed his blood to cover all of your sin. All of your failures, all of your shame was taken upon that cross... And the Lord Jesus has provided you all the grace you need to go out and build for his kingdom. You see, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And so you've already been equipped by God's spirit to do God's work. So let us boast in the Lord and Yahweh, our faithful God of the covenant who works in us to promote and fulfill his faithful promise. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved. but We are approved by the work of another. We are approved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And this brings me to the last little thing here. And this is one of my favorite leadership quotes in the Bible. It's in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 4. Paul says, Such confidence is this through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from ourselves, But our sufficiency, your sufficiency, comes from God. He has made you sufficient through his finished work. And so let us collaborate with God and with one another to live on mission in 2023. Because we are his co-workers. Now, I will say this whole commendation thing has been a little bit tough for me. Because I'm about to go under examination in about a couple of weeks to see whether or not I will serve here at this church. And I will say, you know, it's easy for me to preach, well, look, don't look for self-commendation. Simply trust the Lord. He's committed you. But when you're taking a test, and you youth, you feel that? Do you kind of feel like when you go before a test or an exam, you got test day coming up, and you're like, oh boy, am I going to make this? Am I going to get the grade? Am I going to pass the class? It's so easy for us to wrestle with our commendation. But you need to know, youth, before you go to an exam, L-O-P-C, before you go on mission, Pastor Mike, before you take examinations, right now, at this present moment, God the Father has embraced and accepted you fully based on the righteousness of Jesus. You are already approved. So get to the work and boast in the Lord and build for his kingdom. So what does this mean for us practically? We must admit our weaknesses. We must admit that, guys, you're not great of yourselves. You have a lot of failures and a lot of limitations. It's okay. Guess what? I'm a pastor. I have a lot of them. I'm a pastor because I have a lot of them, because I need to be reminded every single day I need Jesus. We must admit our weaknesses and pray for God's help in this work. We must give thanks for all the progress of God's mission. We must build teams for disciple making. And this is something we need to embrace as a church. If we're going to reach this community, it's not going to be because Jeff Birch, uh, Mike Palumbo, Travis inside, Ellen inside. It's not because we go and do the work. It's because we all do this work together. We'll get you ready. We'll prep you for it. We'll equip you. But we got to do this together in teams. And as we continue in 2023, there will be many times when you will feel weak. You will feel defeated, and you'll feel cut out, not cut out for the mission of God. Instead of speaking with bombastic confidence like Muhammad Ali our speech may sound more like Moses. You heard this? This is encouraging. What did Moses say when God called him to the big task of mission? Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. Instead of chanting, I am the greatest, maybe you chant. your chant will sound more like that of Gideon. Do You know Gideon's chant? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. When these fears settle in, keep reading 2 Corinthians and go all the way to chapter 12, verse 9. And hear the Lord say to you in your weaknesses, in your fears, in your insecurities, my grace is sufficient for you. Why? For my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, the Lord who is with Moses' weak mouth and taught him what he should speak will give you the words to say, 2023. The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor, O mighty woman of valor. The Lord is with you. So let's move forward with this help. Let's live on mission, introducing people to the faith and increasing their faith. Let us go with confidence in this new year. Let us boast with confidence because we know that we boast in the Lord and the Lord will back it up. The Lord will show Himself faithful and great. So boast in the Lord. And this 2023, 23, let's build for his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are the Lord our God. We boast in you because you are gracious God and King. Provide all that is needed for life and for godliness. Your grace is sufficient in our weakness. You guide us and lead us going forward. This is your mission. And so we boast in you, Lord, because we believe that you have great and powerful and mighty things you want to do in 2023. We cast ourselves upon your mercy. We humble ourselves before your grace. We ask that you would supply all that is needed. And Father, we pray especially today, uh, this day, on January 1st, as Travis and Ellen uh, begin working here and pursuing their call at this church. Oh, Father, expand their vision of your grace Fill them up with your spirit. Move them forward on your mission and help them Lord, as they reach out to young families and as they reach out to children and share the smallest among us, the good news of Christ. And as they go into middle schools and high schools and elementary schools and declare Jesus comes to save. Oh Lord, use their labor of love to these ends and these purposes. We need your help this 2023. We pray that you would do mighty things in and through us. Through Jesus, our Savior, amen. Well, as we close out this service, just as another reminder, we need the Lord in this work. We're gonna sing, lead on, O King Eternal. May he lead us as we go forward on this mission. Let's stand and sing together the song. Lord, it has been such a joy to worship with you this morning, and in this time, through this message, and after this service, we are all going to leave through those doors, and we are going to go into this community in Lake Oconee, and the question will be, what will be our confidence? What will be our hope? What will go with us as we go into this world? And this is why we say a benediction every Sunday, is to say, the Lord, your God, goes with you. His blessing is over you through Jesus Christ. And so go with him in his grace. Hear the benediction of the Lord from the word of God, from Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, to him, to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Go in his grace.